boy, some things just warm my soul. You're listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Wire World Pro Audio. Now from the Nowcast Network Studios, here's Mike. Hey, welcome to Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez, and before we get going, let me introduce the guys. Uh, and it's super easy because we're doing this in Zoom and I see all their names. Where is your left? <laughs> Tonight we're joined by Bobby Yosinski. Hey, Mike. Hey, everybody. And then followed by Scott Gershon. Hey, everybody. Uh, followed by Nick Peck. Hello, Mike. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> followed by Mr. Brandon Birdside. Hey, everybody. Hey, Mike. What's happening? And finally, over here, not on my left, but last but not least, the Iron Man of the Audio Nowcast, Mr. Rob Arbiter. Hello, everyone. And I, uh, for anybody watching this, I'm having issues with my camera. I can turn on for a quick second, say hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> But uh, my, I, we won't be able to hear me if I have my camera on, so I will be on audio only. All right, perfect. Well, at least you're here with us. And finally, tonight, we have a really great guest. Uh, it only took 14 years for him to come back, but <laughs> one of the first guests of the Audio Nowcast uh, and the uh, person who runs the most, uh, well, it's the music business uh, registry. Uh, just great information. Uh, I'll let him introduce himself, but Mr. Rich Ezra. Hey, everyone. How are you? Good to see everyone. Welcome back. Thank you. And let me tell you, this is, uh, first of all, I'm so glad to see everybody. This is so awesome. And it's just really strange times now. Um, and so this really warms my soul. But number two, this might be a great way to do this for now, for now on. It's streaming and the, the camera uh, uh, Just the, the streaming. It's actually pretty cool because a lot of times we didn't podcast because uh, we couldn't get people together. People had things to do, but man, we can, we can work this out. This is actually pretty cool. But I think this is the beginning of a new time where before it was kind of like, yeah, we used a little bit, but now how everyone's depending on it. I, I think, Agreed. yes, a hundred percent. It's, it, it's going to make communication take it to the next level and zoom's going to do awesome by the way. But I think, I think there's going to be another business that's going to get in there like everything else and just one up it and do it even, even better. Cause you know, you figure you had um, Skype and then you had WebExes and then zoom comes in. It's like, I can't wait to the next version. Of well, you know, essentially zoom is mono, but now wouldn't it be great to be able to plug it into Logic, Pro Tools. Oh, yeah. Reaper. Stand by. I'll be talking to you about that in a minute, Scott. That's been done. All right. So, so that's, yeah, it's going to be pretty awesome. But you know what? I will say, though, there's something about all of us just gathering around the table that kind of makes it like a family type of thing. So we're not going to do, after this whole thing, you know, hits the other side, we'll, we'll go back to a little bit of doing some of these and some of those, so back and forth. But before we, you know, I, want, I just want to start right now and I want to talk to Rich. And Rich, why don't you explain, um, tell us a little bit about the Music Business Registry and what you do. And then let's talk a little bit about how the uh, coronavirus is, is affecting our industry and, and some of the resources that you, you've made me aware of. Well, um, I, I publish contact information for the music business. We, we cover four main areas. We cover record labels, we cover music publishers, we cover music attorneys, and we cover the film and television music arena. Um, anything to do with placing music into films, television shows, video games, advertising, uh, and other visual media. Um, that's, and we also have an artist manager's uh, directory as well. So 
those are the main areas that I cover contact information for. And I've been doing it for about 28 years. I'm, I'm one of the few people left uh, that does it anymore. I mean, Billboard was our one competitor. And, you know, as you know, like they've been sold four times in the last 11 years. And um, they stopped doing directories, I think, in 2011. So, you know, I'm kind of like the only one left uh, in the industry now that compiles this stuff. And, you know, people say, well, you know, you can get that on the Internet. No, you can't. You can get Sony Music, but you can't get the A&R staff and their names and their titles and their assistants and their phone numbers. It, it doesn't exist. Show me where that exists for, for all these companies. Few companies may put, you know, the staff on there, but most of them don't. Um, so, you know, that's where we still have the advantage in that we compile it and keep it up to date. So that's what the Music Business Registry does. We, uh, we publish contact information. And I've been doing it, I guess, for, I guess it's 28 years this year. So we started wow. in 92. Yeah, I started with wow. one directory and now we've got, you know, five. So that's, uh, that's what we do. And we also, you know, put out um, a newsletter every week. I, I read, I'm a voracious reader and um, I get, you know, so many things, including Bobby's wonderful uh, newsletter that he puts out, which I love. Um, and I love the interviews that you do as well. And we, you know, we, we highlight certain ones of those as well in our, in our newsletter. Um, where I go through and, you know, basically try to find the interesting stories that, you know, were not covered by 50 other publications. Um, and, and put that out once a week. It's called SCORE. Uh, noteworthy music business news stories you may have missed. So that's what, uh, that's what we do. Yeah, and I I get I get a ton of emails from you, Rich, and they're so informative. Like, they're so you, you give some really great information from really good perspectives, and you've you just gather all this really great great news, and it really keeps me informed. Um, and that's why when the virus hit and we had to go on lockdown, like we're going, like you were the first person I wanted to bring on um, the podcast because let's talk a little bit about just what's happening out there. Um, and let's dive just a little deeper for just a second beyond yeah. the, the headlines. All right. We all know studios are shutting down. You know, I've talked to my friends in Nashville. Um, it's really, man, Nashville had a double whammy. They had the, um, the tornado. And then right. right after that, the virus. And it, it just really shut things down. And then the touring industry died. And then it's just, it's just so bad out there. But Fill us in on a, a, you know, a little bit more information on what's happening in, in the music business in general. Well, the, the thing is, is that the music business in general, the whole industry nationwide, worldwide is shut down. It's not just something happening to the music industry. It's happening to, the, you know, to every aspect of, of culture, every aspect of our lives. The audio industry, every, every audio convention and conference has been canceled. You know, the Olympics were canceled two days ago. I mean, everything between now and sort of the end of the year a lot of them now, a lot of conferences have been rescheduled yeah. um, and they're going to be rescheduled for September on, you know, hopefully we will be able to have those events take place in that time. What's concerning is that, you know, people feel that we will flatten the curve, so to speak. We will have this die down and then there will be a second wave of it in, you know, October, November. That's the fear. Um, because that's the way that a lot of, you know, and that's coming from the scientists, um, is, you know, that a lot of these things, they go down and then they come back. So who knows? Um, 
I know that the music business has been, you know, terribly affected. The, the, the stock of, uh, of Live Nation was cut by 51%. It's gone up now. I think it rose about 15% today. But, you know, literally, and, and, and it's, it's not only things like Live Nation and the concerts, it's also the, the, the businesses that operate as well. Like, like uh, you know, I'm sure, did you see the score this morning? Paradigm has let go over 100 employees, um, which is about, you know, one-seventh of their workforce so far. So and then um, the other so agencies are doing that too. I have a question for you. So, you know, we used to have Blockbuster. And yeah. people used to go out to get movies and someone found a better way like Netflix to be able to bring it to you. So now the question becomes, you know, this isn't going to last two or three weeks. It's going to last three to six months. Do you think though that people like Live Nations are going to say, Hey, how about we have virtual concerts where people can pay, get really good seats as if they were all in the certain rows and then start bypassing the big coliseums, but then broadcast in 5.1 and find new technologies and new ways to experience shows? It's a great question. And it's one that, you know, I've often thought that, you know, that, that the answer to that is a cultural, it's a cultural answer. It's one that, you know, for years, you, you couldn't get people to watch a concert, like, you know, a, a what is it, those one night only, you know, pay-per-view, like, Madonna right. at Madison Square Garden. I mean, I used to look at those things or Michael Jackson at Madison, whatever it was, you know, you would pay the money and then you'd watch that one event. Those things never did the business that like an Evander Holyfield fight did. I mean, literally it was like 10 to one, you know, right. like a million people paid for the Holyfander fight, but only like 100,000 or 90,000 people paid for the concert. So you're asking a great question. And I think it's one that we will see the answer to it soon I, the question is are the economics of your question going to work how well, much know, are people going to be willing to pay for a streamed concert of metallica or whoever but you know what's the issue with concerts because i started getting into concerts recently but then stopped because what happens is you have a price but you, unless you are just sitting on that phone or waiting to get the initial one or day now all of a sudden it's grubhub where now it's not grubhub um Stop Stop. So, yeah. So now I'm not buying direct. I'm buying from somebody else. So instead of that ticket being 50 to a hundred dollars, they want $400 a seat. Then I'm sitting next to somebody who's either drunk or stoned singing and screaming. So now I can't hear the band anymore. And if I do get to hear the band, I'm usually in the, uh, the nosebleed seats in the back of Staples center. And all I hear is echo. I will and say it's not Scott. sounding great. What's that? Scott. Scott, I will say you picked a hell of a time to get into concerts. <laughs> <laughs> but, but with that being what it was, is there something really interesting? Because look, I have to admit, I'm sitting on YouTube. I'm finding all these bands I've never seen before from Russia, from all these jazz and fusion bands, and I'm digging it. So every night I'm listening and watching YouTube videos of bands performing on NPR or something. Well, let me, let me, let me chime in really quick. Um, last year, um, when I was shooting spaces all over the world, uh, we went to almost 20 concerts. And, and I bought my seats from Ticketmaster like three times. The rest was all like via GoGo, all the international stuff. Um, and yes, they were more expensive. But believe it or not, 
the United States, the tickets are way more expensive than they were for some of the uh, other countries that were out there. Right. You know, I went and picked up tickets for Kendrick Lamar in uh, Amsterdam, and they those tickets were only they were really reasonably priced. They were like 75 bucks, which I think was almost face value. And that was through right. a ticketing agency. So I think the gouging happens in the United States a lot. And now it could be supply and demand or whatever. The other thing too is, um, man, nothing beats a live concert, right? I mean, when right. you get all those people, like it depends I went to, sit, yeah, but I was like, when I went to YouTube and I was in Dublin and we're in the back, because that's the only tickets we can get. But then you see everybody singing the U2 songs. That's just really hard to like replicate. And the third thing I would say is I would love for that to happen because I would be all in because I'm totally into watching concerts on, on YouTube right now. I'm just wondering how, not even the economics, but how the logistics would work. If you're keeping people away from gathering, what about all the people it takes to get the concert going in the first place, all the texts and all the back line and the band and stuff like that. That would be my biggest thing about to be able to do something like that. Cause I think we have the technology. Well, and Mike, think- you know, what's you know, what's interesting about that. Have you heard about the, the new show that Elton John is doing? He's no. doing a, he's doing a, a show in, in, in to raise money for the coronavirus. And what he's doing to avoid what you've just described is he's getting all of the artists that are gonna be doing something to essentially perform solo on their own and film it themselves and turn it in. It's not going to be a gathering. Everybody's gonna do their own thing and and the editors and sound people will put it all together and and, they'll build the the wraparounds and, and all of that for it. But that's the way they're doing it precisely for the reason that you just said. Well, what something seems very interesting is that, you know, there's been so many complaints that you know, between distribution of music, the artists aren't seeing much money. Then they have live shows; they're not getting much money for that either. Or they sell T-shirts. The question, I guess, now is: Is it more beneficial that a good band can sell directly uh, to people with technology and keep more of the money, where it's no longer? Scott, yeah, Scott, you you already. Here is the problem. The problem is the business model. Where are you looking at those concerts? Where are you watching them? You're watching them on YouTube. How sure, much money is the artist getting for the concert that you're watching on YouTube? What I'm saying, right? though, is right now, that's like a radio station. And they have a lot of things. But somebody could say and work with you know Zoom and then say, all right, we're going to charge X amount of money. Dolby sponsors it because they now want to have Atmos headphones. So now you feel like you're in an auditorium and in a wonderful space. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you can experience a concert for $10. I think, I think you're right. $400. I think, I guess you're going. No, I think, I think now is, is a really great um, opportunity. I think you're, uh, I think you're onto something. I'd be curious to see what Bobby, Bobby, what do you think right. about that? Is it, is now a good time for the independent artists to be growing their audience on stuff like that? Is the audience out there? early to tell i think it seems that way but you know the, the first thing there's an economic issue in that supply and demand you know so who can actually pull that off and who can make enough money to make it worthwhile don't know I, yet i you know what i think some type of concert aggregator would probably be a really good business to kind of can, tra- can taylor swift 
do the first one, pull it off, and then pull in a certain amount of money. Well, the thing is, this is this is all going to come down to somebody's ingenuity and creativity because the playing field is now leveled because no one's playing Madison Square Garden. You know, right. no one's playing any of the big venues right now. So everybody's playing out of their living room, whether you're a, a little DJ with three followers or, yeah. or Elton John. And so it's funny, I'm sure we'll get to this later. I'm actually working on a platform that could be positioned to own this entire industry. And when I started on it a year ago, it was not for this, but it's turning out to be a perfect fit for this. And we've been having meeting after meeting about it because the truth is somebody's gonna figure out the way to monetize these experiences. And the fact that anybody, that everybody's playing the exact same venues now, which is the internet. Yeah. Just means that if you're doing something kooky and creative and weird, you're gonna get hundreds of millions of eyeballs watching you before they go to bed at night because you're kooky and interesting. And you could have a bigger audience than Elton John because you're playing in the exact same venue and you happen to be kookier. So it's, it's gonna be very, a very different dynamic. The trick is no one has yet figured out how to monetize this. We've been talking to record labels constantly. The record labels are panicking. Uh, you know, everybody's panicking about all kinds of things, music just being one of them. But there are lots of companies, the one I'm involved with included, that are figuring out how to monetize this. Because like the company that I'm working with was very heavily centered around live music festivals. Uh, and that was kind of their key strategy for everything. And, you know, we've got board of directors and investors and all kinds of other stuff. And we had business plans and all these things centered around music festivals. And that all sort of went up in flames a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. And it turns out that all that stuff is still happening. It's just not happening in a big open field someplace. It's happening in your living room on your computer. Right. And I'm not saying we're the ones who are going to own it, who have the answer, but I can tell you there are lots of companies figuring out right now how to monetize this. That's hey, Rich, really quick, because yeah. um, I, I want to wrap up this segment. Um, what do you think as far as the music business after? I mean, is it going to take a long time for us to get going? Or do you think th that people are going to be starved for, for entertainment, for music, for live events, that, that the, you know, the startup post virus is is going to see a surge in, in the business itself well you know th th that's what everybody's been talking about my, my feeling is is that it's going to take some time to ramp up we have never i don't think any of us in our lifetime have ever seen this kind of um situation that that that, that, that i can recall i mean certainly not in terms of the economic fallout and damage so to answer your question I don't think we're going to see an immediate, you know, ramp up of, of the of the business right away. I think it's going to take some time because of the damage, because of, you know, it's not like, oh, well, now we can all go back to work. So all those people that have been laid off and whatever, they all will just start their jobs on Monday. It, I don't think it yeah, will work true. like that. I, th I think it's going to take a little bit of time to achieve what you're asking, which is to ramp back up to what business was. One of the things that I find interesting about your question is that when we look, I mean, how long has this been going on, the, the, the sequestering, the, the, the social distancing? Eight days? Yeah. Ten days? A week. Okay, a week. All right. So that's when they put this into place. And what is amazing to me is that entire industries are, are so fragile that within the span of a week, they are decimated literally decimated by this action. I mean, where, where industries are closing down, people have shut down entire companies, 
businesses. I, I read today one hotel chain is going to let 10,000 people go. Mm. I mean, literally, we're, we're not talking like this has been going on for months. Right. We're talking this has been going on for, what, eight, eight, ten days. Yeah, but, the, it, but it, it's the forecast. It's not like in eight days it'll change. Right. People now look three, four months forward. It's not going to change. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. So people are sort of taking precautionary things of closing it down, which goes to your point, Rob. I mean, Mike, which is the, the whole thing of, you know, will this ramp back up? I think it will, but I think it's going to take some time to do it. And I don't believe it will ramp back, back up to the way that we once knew it. I, I think yeah. like Scott, yeah. like, like Scott was talking about and, 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 uh, and, and Nicholas, it, it, it's gonna it's gonna take some other form you know and and like what rob's working on i mean these are the things that now everybody's using and i think that they will become the new norms if you will you know well, what, anyway. i go ahead go ahead Scott. Oh, rob no no i was just i was just gonna i was gonna segue to something else if you want to make one more comment yeah, let me on finish one thing is, is that you know when you look at how facebook was started you know they wanted to meet girls and you know within colleges people have a very grassroots way of solving problems. And it always starts with people who have no money. So have nothing to lose, nothing to invest. There's no gamble. Somebody said, Oh, I can create this. I should do this. And, and when you think about, you know, we had theater and we had concerts and then you had rock and roll guys sitting with harmonicas and acoustic guitars playing at pubs. This was not real entertainment. Movies weren't real entertainment. It was theater, not movies. So every generation has found a way to do stress relief and to entertain themselves. So I think what's fascinating here is I believe that we're at the dawn of something different. Because I think there's a lot of talented people who are really bored and have a lot of time who are going to go, I think I have a solution. Mm -hmm. Whether it's technologically speaking, whether it's entertainment speaking. I mean, you know, look at what Billie Eilish created in her bedroom and she solved the problem where she didn't have to have that kind of money. Right. So everybody's fine. It's like basically a river. When water flows, it'll find a way around. You can build the dam. It's still going to find a way around. And I believe entertainment people need, especially more than ever right now. This is like world war two. We need the comedians. We need the music. We need a break from all of the news networks, which are no longer entertainment, but are fear factories. Oh, yeah. So yeah. now they went, oh, God, anything, just. I mean, that's why I'm on YouTube all the time now. Yeah. I can't find it anywhere else. Please entertain me. Give me something interesting. So yeah. speaking, I, oh. no, I was just going to tell Scott, yeah. speaking about the break from the news, um, I can't watch the news. I wa you know how I watch the news now? I'm like a little kid at a school. I, I get my, my blanket and I go like this and I, I turn on the news. I watch about 10 minutes of it and then I turn it. Well, I, I don't know if you're old, if any of you guys are old enough, but I was a little kid during the Vietnam war and in news, they always had the death count. So many people died today. And then they talk about a battle and they'd always have a total number of American soldiers who were killed. So now I turn on CNN, I see the death count. And I see the people that have been, why, I mean, they're, we need to be apprehensive. We need to be a little scared, but I think it's starting to feed itself into a form of horror entertainment. And you're so horrified. You can't stop, not watch. 
But I think that's okay for a week. But you get a couple months of this. No, it's people are going to be begging for anything other than that. Yeah, no, it stresses out. Nick, what were you going to say? Well, a a couple of things. Yeah, I wanted to, um, I wanted to sort of lean into Rich's comment about how things aren't just going to immediately, you know, turn back on and, you know, go back to normal on Monday when they, you know, (laughs) when Easter comes and our illustrious president says America's open for business again. Um, The issue and the thing about it that's so, well, I mean, one of the many things about it that's so troubling is the fact that with all of these companies being as, as fragile as a soap bubble and letting everybody go, what's happening is all of the infrastructure is unraveling right? So all of these people are going off, you know, to the hills and figuring out what the hell they're going to do to be able to feed themselves and feed their families. And people are not going to, you know, they're not going to all be sitting there waiting and poised to be able to jump back in. Other things are going to have happened. People will have had to move. People will have to sell all of their gear, whatever it might be, you know. And the thing, well, one of the many things that has really struck me about this, and I know we don't want to just talk about coronavirus, but this really showed um, in terms of needing to be able to ramp up to be able to build equipment, right? I mean, think about World War II, as you were saying, and America is getting, you know, everything is getting online for us to be able to build bombers and so forth, right? And be able to support the war effort. Well, we hollowed out our manufacturing infrastructure here and gave it all to China. We gave it all to the East. And now that we need desperately to be able to ramp up and to be able to build ventilators and all of that kind of stuff, we can't do it that quickly because we don't have the infrastructure in place to do it anymore. Yeah, we became a country of financiers and financial managers, and that doesn't get you food. But you know, it's a fascinating discussion though. Well, we'll discuss it next time because I I, I just want to keep that. Sure. One thing is that there are starting, to, there will become in the next several months, a population of people that have already gotten it and have gotten it and no longer have it. And that's a fascinating concept. If they can't get it again, because they still don't totally know, then that becomes the workforce that goes back to work. And they start building into those people and they become hot commodities for people guess- that have are now immune to it. Like I said, we're living in a science fiction movie. <laughs> we are living in a science fiction. Brandon, go ahead, and then we're going to move I on. Had, yeah, one last point here. Sure. And Scott brought up death toll. The one question that every individual in business should be ans- asking right now, just not just in the audio industry, is why has the entire world been shut down for something that's a thousand times less deadly than the flu? It's not because of this. There's another reason going on. What it is, I can't say for certain, I have my thoughts on that, but I won't get into it, Mike, because you don't want to get into conspiracy theories. But that is a very valid question. Why we don't shut down the entire world for the flu every year? Why is the world shut down right now? All right. Well, we, will, uh, we won't dig into that out right now, but uh, there's definitely a lot of reading resources. And maybe privately, mm-hmm. Brandon, uh, I'd love to hear what you're talking about. Yeah. Hey, so let's, let's move on. Um, we, you know, this coronavirus, this sucks. And we're here, we're by ourselves. And, and I want to I wanna switch gears right now. Um, and I want to talk about some of the tools that maybe you guys are using. Because I believe everybody here, just nod your head since we're on video. Uh, you know, we're all creating, right? Everybody's still creating. Everybody's still doing their thing. And so I wanted to just 
talk a little bit about some of the tools that some people are using. And, and also I want to, I'm going to ask everybody, like, are there any surprises that you've encountered? Like maybe you're using a tool that you hadn't used in a while, or maybe you rediscovered something. And I'm going to start with, um, with you, Bobby. Um, what, any new tools that you're using and, and anything, you know, your workflow, or you, you know, what are you using? What are you really relying on? Any surprises from any of the tools that you're using? And it could be in any, you know, anything. My life hasn't changed at all, except for the fact that I don't go out for lunch every day. Nothing has changed for me, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Same here. Well, you're not going on cruises anymore, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I had one scheduled for two weeks from now, uh, going uh, Sydney to Hawaii, through New Zealand, oh, and wow. French Polynesia, all of which are closed down. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Brandon, what about you? Actually, you said a great comment <laughs> before the podcast started. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'll say it again now. Yeah, is that uh, I realized <laughs> through this that my daily life is what other people call quarantine. <laughs> it's, it's, nothing has changed. So, yeah, nothing has changed. I've been doing the same exact. Thing. What about I work from home? I have my own business. Nothing has changed. <laughs> what about you, Scott? I know you've uh, you definitely changed your workflow. I have, I have. So um, it's fascinating. We've been uh, prepping for this for a while, uh, and I got two cases. So probably ninety-five percent of my crew now is working from home. So we've had to rebuild our servers with different security issues so people can have access to the server and the sound effects library. Uh, I'm in the middle right now of a, of a Hulu show called Mrs. America that I'm working on. And um, we're in the middle of mixing. How do we do that? And how do we minimize the people on the stage? So we had a breakthrough actually today. So we are streaming. We have two mixers on the stage and that's it. Everybody else is working from home, all the clients. So I'm using numerous technologies. One of them is a friend of mine created a company called Clearview. And he is doing live stream in high quality. So the uh, picture and the console get mucks together and get streamed live. So now I can see everything that they're seeing. I can hear the playback straight off. So what I'm doing now is I'm hearing them on my studio speakers, not my computer speakers. Uh, what I've done is I've got a, a going into Pro Tools via plugin, uh, the Source Connect plugin, and I can now hear the 5.1 mix they sent me in QuickTime as well as now start doing live fixes. And then we use different technologies to be able to communicate and see them. So basically, That's cool. I'm sort of in exactly in the same back seat of the dubbing stage that I've always been in. But what's even better is they're listening on theater speakers. I'm listening on my studio pseudo home theater speakers. And it sounds more like TV, which is where everyone's going to listen in. So I'm saying raise that, lower that, EQ that, give me more reverb on that, just by kind of doing what we're doing right now. And we've been perfecting it. And I think we, we got it really styling today and then now starting next week i'm gonna have five producers and a showrunner online doing the exact same thing everybody from their house That's so we cool. now are mixing virtually and uh we're so excited about it and and i'm doing the same thing with the video game side 
That's cool. So we're finding ways. Again, I have to solve this. And that's my salute, my short-term solution. That's great. What about you, Nick? How are you, well, how are you working with you? Because you're, you're on a totally different. I'm in a different, yeah. I'm, in a, I'm in a different world. Um, yeah. So, you know, being the manager of a department in which we all, you know, work together every day for years and years and years, everyone had to scatter to the four winds. Everybody's got a rig at home, just like Scott was saying, you know, um, uh, but the big thing, the big sea change that this is 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 causing here in Hollywood is, you know, of course, at Disney, you know, we're recording voiceover talent every single day. And instead of them coming over to our studio at Disney Publishing or us going to Igloo or Mark Grau Recording or one of the other studios around town where we work, all of them have been shut down. And so in a kind of interesting survival of the fittest thing, all of the agents are asking all of the voiceover talents to tell them what their home recording rig is, right? <laughs> and so the result of that is that VO talent that can record themselves now have a leg up over everybody who can't, right? Yeah, yeah. It's and, crazy. Yeah, and, and I will hear it. What? I was asking you, Nicholas, if, if a lot of these voiceover talents have the gear in their home. They do. Corey Burton, for example, who, you know, is a longtime Disney, you know, he plays Captain Hook, he plays all these different characters. Yeah. He is a, an audio nerd just like us. And he has this beautiful RCA microphone, this RCA 44, that's like his mic. So he's got the ability to be able to record from home. Not everybody does, but a lot of them do. And Scott, I was gonna throw out another piece of technology, just like the one that you just mentioned, which we are, so, so we are in the middle, of course, of researching as quickly as possible how we're going to be able to be online, just like you're saying, Scott, so that I or other people can voice direct a VO session while we're recording somebody telling a Disney story. And we are looking at a plugin called Audio Movers. And this thing is unbelievable because it's free for everybody except for the person who's recording. So you go, it's a VST plugin. Uh, they probably have an AAX version as well. So you strap it across the master bus of Pro Tools or the master bus of Reaper or whatever it is that you're using. And then you log into it. You then send the link to everybody who's listening to it on the other end. They log into a browser. And we did the same thing, Scott, where we were listening on the bigs and it was unbelievable. You can set it for 16-bit or 24-bit PCM linear audio coming back and you can hear the difference between 16 and 24 bit and wow. it was working beautifully and the pricing model is you don't have to subscribe for a year you can subscribe for a week for four dollars yeah so if this is something that you're using every once in a while this i mean that is so brilliant and that is an idea that obviously was being prepared long before the coronavirus but holy moses that's the kind of idea that's going to change the way that we do business so nick that's a great price. Because you're in gaming as well. Are you using Slack? All the time. We use Slack yeah. all day long at Disney. I mean, it's literally on from morning until night. And then the idea for us, Scott, is for this, for the 
uh, for the for the, the the total workflow of working with audio movers, right, is yeah. that the VO talent is using it. They're broadcasting down to us. We are communicating back and forth using Zoom, so that we've got the video conferencing and lower quality audio coming back to the person, right? Because it doesn't really. If I'm telling somebody, you know, reread that, you know, could you put a little more oomph into it or whatever it is, they don't need that in high quality. But we need to be able to hear what they're doing in high quality. And in fact, you can even with this plugin do remote control. Uh, control of the other person's computer. So literally, we could be working with a talent and running their Pro Tools rig or running their Reaper rig from their computer from us remotely. So this yeah. is the stuff that we're researching right now. And nothing's going to, you know, once this door has opened, it's never going to be the same again. I mean, this is going to be something that people are using all the time, these no, kinds I, of ideas. I, I, you know? I totally agree with you because I've had the same thing where all my actresses, because I got Kate Blanchard and all these big people, and they're all over the world. So before the virus, we had to figure out how could we hear them. And of course, we have all these strange timelines. Right. So all the studios were streaming to us, either Hangouts or Skype. Right. And we were, you know, audio quality was, I mean, it's good enough we can understand the performance. But they would record it there and we would ship it out and then be able to, ma and uh, uh, would be able to direct them. But yeah, Skype is, I'm sorry, uh, Slack is become one of the most powerful tools in, in the game side. It has. We'll do a little well, idea. And in, just, in all industries, Slack is just taken over, you know, because yeah. it's, it's, it's such a great communication device. Hey, it's Nick, easy. I wanted to tell you something. You brought up yeah. a really good point, which is the uh, VO guys that have the home recording studios are the ones right now that are just, you know, can really take advantage of it and get and book the gigs. And it's really interesting because, you know, when I was working and recording a lot of VO, that's the first thing I would tell anybody who wanted to get into voiceover. It's like, well, you know, what's your, you know, what advice would you have? And it's like, look, I'd advise getting your own recording system. Just record your voice, invest yeah. in a good microphone, invest in a good recording system because it's, you know, you never know when, you know, that producer is going to call you at, you know, midnight because they need a read or something and you can just do it right then and there. And, yeah. and, and if it's easy to work with you, then they're going to come back and work with you. So that's, it's, yeah. it's really interesting now that it's paying off for all those people. Hey, not only do I know voiceover people, but I worked with mixers and, and I'm sure you guys all know mixers who worked in studios were if you didn't have your home system, you were like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you have right. a home system? And now, man, those guys are just in a major world of pain because they don't, they don't have a home system. Whereas most of the people that were, you know, were on, on the ball and had their own system, you know, they, they, man, that side jobs really are paying, <laughs> paying off now, now that you can, you know, work at home and stuff like that. Um, Rich, let me ask you, um, about tools that you're using now that you can't, I mean, is your workflow changed any or is it still the same or? Primarily not, no, um, it, it hasn't changed. I, you know, my, my workflow is primarily the computer. It's, um, you know, Skype, it's the telephone, um, it's research, it's, you know, emails. So it hasn't really changed. Um, you know, I, I have a channel, a YouTube channel called Mubu TV, uh, stands for Music Business Television. And, you know, I mean, I'm not a tech person, so, you know, I don't know the, the tech. My, my business partner, um, Eric, he knows all of the tech stuff, and he's just gotten, like, a, a whole suite of, you know, new things from Adobe and new things from, you know, uh, 
there, I think it's called a universal suite or something where it's all these like video tools to, to you know, your work really um, a lot easier. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not in on the, uh, on the technical side of things. Um, that That's much. the creative suite. The creative suite. Is the creative suite. Yeah. 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 Well, Rob, since you just popped down, what about you? How's your workflow going now that you're uh, having to be sequestered? Well, it's uh, involving a lot less uh, airplane travel. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you what were always hope. flying. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I like built my whole life to be mobile, and uh, now it's kind of parked. But uh, I mean, I'm I'm involved with four different companies and four different major projects that don't have a lot of overlap. So I'm basically just chained to the same set of computers. And I mean, the nice uh, being stuck at home is I have some big screens, so I get to work on bigger uh, screens. But uh, yeah, my, I'm kind of with uh, Brandon. My life hasn't changed that much. <laughs> I was been self-quarantining for years. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing it for years. And so it hasn't really changed in the tools. I mean, I am doing some slightly different things. I'm doing a lot more artificial intelligence programming, so I'm using some pretty deep uh, technical tools for that. I'm doing a lot more After Effects video editing. Uh, those two things are for different projects, by the way. Um, but I'm doing a lot of After Effects, so I've had to get deep into that. Uh, I'm doing a lot of online learning because of all the different skill sets that I've had to master to do all these different projects. Um, but you know, the resources for that are amazing. But yeah, I'm trying to think how much it's changed. Uh, not that much. Well, I'll tell you, my workflow has changed because being a freelancer, the first thing that happens is all your freelancers get let go. So I've, there's, there's just been a ton of work that's just yeah, uh, flown out the window, which, you know, you, I mean, that's just the, that's the price you pay, you know, when you, when you have that kind of uh, uh, lifestyle. But on the other hand, um, prior to this whole thing happening um i was i'm finishing up a documentary film that i that i shot and uh so i set myself up in my home studio um with my own online bay video online bay so that's that screen you see behind me is uh is 75 inches and it's it's just glorious and so when i'm not editing and working on that i'll tell you man the ps4 looks awesome on that <laughs> I thought that was just to keep our logo up 24 seven there, Mike. Uh, so, but, but along the way, I've, I've also wanted to, to like create, right? Because like, usually when I feel stressed out, the thing that really helps me the most is, is to create, not anything work-wise, just to create, just to like feed my soul. So I'm going to give you guys a few resources out there on some stuff that, that will make your life easier. Um, one thing I want to recommend is there's a website um, called Splice and there's another website called ADSR Sounds. And both of these are great resources for music. Now, even if you're not a musician or you have limited music chops, you know, there's some really great resources that'll help you create. And one of them is the fact that nowadays, if you go to ADSR Sounds, you'll see that you can buy... Um, presets for all the different types of VSTs. So you can get a, a, just a really broad palette of, of sounds for whatever VST instrument you use. The other thing that I want to recommend is that you can buy MIDI files now that are fully 
um, uh, royalty free. You can use them in anything you want. And they're great for song starters, whether it's a little bass loop or it's a little chord pattern, because especially if you buy the MIDI files, you can just take the chord progression and you can tweak it in whatever DAW or whatever synth or whatever, um, you know, uh, program you work on. And it's so easy to get a chord progression that you would never think, but then you like, oh my gosh, I love those chords, but this is how I would put them together. And you just tweak it. And it's just so inspiring. You can make some really high quality music and they have beat construction kits and they have just a lot of great things to help spark your, um, your, your imagination and your creativity. The other thing that they do is they sell um, loop packs of, of samples of like raps and of like, uh, vocals and instruments and all these are royalty free. So you can use them in anything that you want. And it's pretty amazing. I was working on a little score for a video that I was doing and I just grabbed a few little loop packs um, from Splice and I had some that I bought from ADSR and it's, it sounds, this is going to sound weird, but it sounds real. You know what I mean? It's like, it sounds like you paid somebody to do this kind of stuff. So I just wanted to mention those, those resources. And, and even if you're like, musically challenged you know i'm not the best keyboard player in the world i can do a triad and you know i can do a few little things here and there uh you know i go and i visit nick at his studio and he can blow me away and rob of course is mr amazing so it really depresses me <laughs> but but i could go and i can use some of these resources because i can arrange i'm a really good arranger i can tweak midi i i can i can do that kind of stuff so there's there's a lot of really great resources from that and my little secret weapon is a program i don't know if how many of you guys have heard of this have you heard of cthulhu do you know what that is um you mean not the hp lovecraft god that is currently <laughs> no <laughs> that is currently according to brandon the person who's behind coronavirus right no. now right this is, this is, <laughs> There's this VST plugin. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. There's this VST plugin, and I recommend it. Uh, it's called Cthulhu. And what it does is it, <laughs> is it uh, it's exactly, it's C-T-H-U, Cthulhu, L-U. L-H-U. L-H-U, that's what it is. Yeah. It's a, but what it does is if you're not a keyboard player, you, you, you can buy packs, but it comes with a bunch right off the bat and you can buy and you can find free ones. And what they do is it, is it turns your keyboard, it basically is chord progressions that it assigns to a key. And so you just go up the keyboard and you see these really cool chord progressions and you can mm -hmm. like an E minor chord progression or an A flat chord progression, but there are thousands of these out there and you can buy like hip hop presets. You can buy like future bass presets and you can buy like EDM presets and they have all these chords that they did the work for you in figuring it out. And, and literally all it does is it just assigns a chord to a key. So you can play the chords in any way you want. It'll just say, Hey, these are the chords that, um, you know, Marshmallow would use in an EDM track. And you, sure enough, if you hit it, it's like, Oh yeah, this sounds like it. And then you just arrange it. And then even better than that, if you go in and you step sequence it in something like FL Studios, you can create super fast, complex music compositions. It's insane. So like music concrete, what it used to be? Uh, I'm not really familiar with that, but it's, it's, it's insane. It's like, and I've, I've bought some packs for them. And it, it, if you go to ADSR, they have sales all the time where you can buy like five packs. A-S-U-L-U? Uh, ADSR Sounds. That's the name of that. If you... That's the name of the. Uh... Cool. 
And then if you look up, and you'll just see it, you look up, like right now they have a sample pack, but then look under, if it says what format, if you look up the Cthulhu uh, format, uh, you'll see all these different types. But I just wanted to mention that because if you're out there and you want to create and, and you just jones in to do something, man, I'm going to open that door for you. And it's amazing. So if you're a guitar player and you always wanted to do some keyboard stuff, that's a great place to, to start. Cause you can, if you listen to the, uh, between that and the presets that you can buy, man, you are set up to create some gorgeous, gorgeous music. And it, and it sounds real. It's not like, you know, when you're struggling and you, and you play something, you're like, man, this just doesn't sound like anything. Like these are complex chords and they're, they sound gorgeous together. And then you can do some really fun stuff. Anyway, I just wanted to pass that, that, that little nugget on. Um, anybody have uh, any VSTs or anything? We're going to be wrapping this up in just a little bit. Anything they want to want to plug or anything that they've used or anything they like? I mean, you can always go to Bobby Osinski's blog because he's always has all the good new tech. But, yeah, there's uh, a new uh, limiter I'm, I'm digging. It's, uh, it's called Elevate. Has anyone seen this one? No. It's from a company called Newfangled Audio. Mm -hmm. They're associated with um, Eventide somehow. You can buy it on their website. But um, they, it is a combination multiband limiter slash EQ slash transient shaper slash, slash clipper. And the way it does all that, it works really well on uh transient sounds of course it works well on drums it works well on bass and stuff it's really it's i don't use it on the master bus like but it's isotope? a real great tone shaper is it, a is it like, like the isotope ozone yeah because you stuck all those things you just mentioned it you know i i've used ozone for years it's a uh, i mean it is like that it has a bunch of modules in it but it's mm. it's different it's doing it in a different way that i haven't seen before or heard before it's you got to hear what it's doing and you can bottom line you can you can squash stuff without losing your transients. It gives you that nice, like, rounded transient that you get from some good analog gear. Sure. Um, it's it's really here? nice. Uh, it's called Elevate from Newfangled Audio. Um, cool. But yeah, you can get it on the uh, even type. All right. Well, hey, uh, I think we're going to be wrapping this up pretty quickly. Um, but man, I just wanted to say. Thank you for all the guys. You know, before we go, you know what? Let me let me do this because I because I think this is super important. Um, I'm going to give three things, pieces of advice in these crazy times that that I want people to, um, you know, just going to drop some advice and I'll ask any guys if you can add to this. But I think number one, you know, as you're going through this time and you and it's a great time to create. One of the first things you you should do or shouldn't do is. Um, don't stress out. You know, you don't have to, you know, write the next big hit. You don't have to write the next American novel. You can just create for the sake of creating. You can just do something for something like that. Like I, and I say that to myself because I felt under a, an immense pressure at the beginning of the week. I was actually really depressed and kind of bummed because I just felt like I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to do this and this and this and this, and I have to make this. And, and it, it just almost seemed so overwhelming because the amount of time I really, you know, it, it just seemed like a lot. And I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to take it one step at a time. And I'm not going to stress out. 
Um, and the other thing I want to recommend is for people to look for new workflows, you know, whether it's how you do something as, as simple as mixing to, you know, maybe how you want to compose, maybe you want to use some of the tools I talked about, just do something a little different because it really breaks up your day. Um, and then the last thing I want to recommend for people is, you know, we're all in our studios and we all have all this stuff, but sometimes I need to step away from this. Sometimes I just need to turn it off, go to the living room and watch a movie, you know, because it's like, it just, you don't want this to be, you don't, you, I don't ever want to like regret coming into here. You know what I mean? Feeling like I, it's a chore and, and, and I always want it to be something special and something I'm really excited to do. So I have to turn it off so that I can appreciate it when it's turned on. Anybody else have any little nuggets? Yeah, I think you got a plan for those times, Mike. And I certainly do. There's the, the output times when you're creating and the input times where you need to be inspired and take things in. And yeah, plan for those days where you're down and go watch a cool movie, you know, and listen to some cool music, get outside, whatever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in and, you know, you, Mike, you were suggesting it's a time to look at new workflows which I agree, but it's also a time to look inside yourself, right? I mean, this is a time in which we are enforced to be in a different vibe. Well, not everybody, Brandon and, and Bobby, I guess, you know, your, 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 your life, your schedules haven't changed all that much. Mine has. Um, yay. Um, but it's a really good time to look inside yourself. And among other things, look to see what it is that you can be doing to be helping in some ways. So for example, since this whole thing started, I have been online consistently trying to figure out a way that I could use my talents, my particular talents to be able to help, you know, in some small way with a larger, with the larger thing. Uh, next Monday, the 3D printer arrives at my doorstep and my son and I will be putting it to work 24 seven building uh, face shields to be able to give to nurses and doctors since the infrastructure, as I mentioned huh. earlier, is not Good. up to the task yet, right? I'm with you, Bobby. That's a, that's a clap right there. Yeah, and, and it's, a good time, it's a good time to figure out how we can be the best members of our community during the toughest time that any of us have ever lived through that we possibly can. That's so true. That is so true. You know, you can help Nick just to pick up what you're saying in, in tiny little ways, even if it's like, for me, um, I'll, I'll talk to my neighbors and I'll just mention, Hey, this Rite Aid tends to be stocked with a lot of blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Just something like that. Just pass something small onto something like that. That's great. Anybody else have any little nuggets that they want to, they want to. One thing I'm doing is, uh, you know, we've got a full crew and I'm used to working with teams. So I'm not used to working alone. And I've got people of all ages. Some people are in risk factors and some people are young. A lot of people are alone. So I think one of the things we just started implementing is we're now going online the same time every single day mm -hmm. in group chat. We may talk about work, we may not. It's basically cooler talk. So we wanna make sure that people know at that period of time, they can look forward to it because it, you know, it could be scary and, and you, you watch the news and you know, think everything's falling apart and, and you start, I mean, there's a lot of psychological studies that are starting to be shown that people that are in isolation go through psychological changes. So the whole point we're trying to do now is to make sure that people don't feel alone. And it's not just a phone call, but it's seeing picture and who's got a good joke, who's got anything to get the humanity back into it to make sure people 
don't feel isolated, don't feel alone. And if somebody's just really freaked out and scared, we're all there because as teams, whether they're bands, whatever, family, this is our work family and we got to take care of each other so and true. make sure that, you know, that they know they're a phone call away. They just need to blow steam. Well, could not have said it better than that. Rob, you have anything to add? Or Bobby, you have anything to add? Uh, I mean, all of the work I've been doing lately, I mean, we've got teams in Sydney, teams in Ukraine, teams in New York, uh, LA, all over the place. And so we've been doing that sort of virtual water cooler stuff for a long time, and it definitely does work. Um, also, when you're running a team, and our teams aren't huge, I mean, we're up to maybe 10 people on each team, but it's very easy for people to start going down a wrong road. That's one thing that you avoid when you work together physically is, is you can avoid people going down the wrong road. So that, that inner team communication is really important and you can totally do it electronically. It's just a lot of companies aren't used to doing it that way. I mean, I've, I've definitely been curious how Scott has been solving his issues because his is such an in-person kind of industry and business. Um, whereas mine, you know, he's, he's undergoing huge changes as is Nick and I'm not really undergoing any cause we've been virtual already. I think the, the biggest thing to me is that when this is all over, I think a lot of the way people are learning to work is going to stick. And I think that's gonna be when people look back 50 years from now, they're going to say, well, that was a real seed change. People realize they didn't need to buy these big, expensive, fancy facilities, you know, and spend hundreds of millions of dollars on huge buildings. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a big change. Bobby, how about you? Well, I agree with you. I actually wrote something in Forbes uh, last week about this, about the, the changes. To get back to what you started with, one of the things that I predict is that productions, concert productions, are going to be far, far um, leaner in the future. First of all, because they'll have to be. And second of all, because they won't need to be as large. They won't have to be as big as the next one because people will be starved for entertainment. So just about anything will, will work. We'll be back to those days. And I think that will stick as well. So you're not going to see the dozen dancers on stage anymore. You'll see two. Huh. You won't see the, the crews of 100 people. You'll see 50. Hmm. So that's one of the things. But the other thing that uh, I also wrote about reflects what Rob was saying is the fact that, yes, our our way of working, I think we're going to find out and we're finding out that we could do so much virtually and it works at least as well, uh, if not better. Now, what's interesting is how that affects our consumption. And I also think that will affect it in different ways. We're already seeing it with uh, streaming where the streaming numbers actually have gone down. That's what I, that's what I really, yes. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's just for this week. They have gone down this past week. I, 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 it'd be interesting to see the next two weeks if that, if that same thing occurs. I think it's just because of what's been going on. People haven't been listening to streaming. They've been listening to the news, unfortunately. Oh. But you know what, uh, Bobby, you can, you can tell me if I'm correct or not, because I don't know what the, what the numbers are. But a lot of people, including myself, listen to a lot of Spotify when I'm driving, when I'm going someplace. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It, that's where I consume most of my music, most of my new music. Uh, 
I think we're finding that um, because we're not in our cars anymore, and it's also going to affect radio as well. I, I think ultimately for the better, we're going to see big changes in radio because the station groups will not be able to sustain, the huge station groups won't be able to sustain um, the way it's going right now. So what we'll see is them spinning off local stations that aren't doing so well and maybe a return to local broadcasting. That's a great thing. That's yeah. actually a good thing. That's a really good thing. So, wow. Well, there's changes and, um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. But one thing is, is we're going to be ramping up the podcast. So we're probably going to do this weekly. So whoever wants to sh- sh- join us, Every Thursday, we're going to be here. And I think if we can work it out, um, we're going to turn it into more of a webinar thing so that we'll, we can have an audience. And um, it won't always be this dark and we <laughs> will have some fun stuff and we'll get back to our normal selves. But I think we just kind of owed, you know, I, I actually, I got some emails from some people asking if we were going to podcast. And, uh, and I thought, you know what, if we're going to be asked to podcast, then I'm going to do it. We're going to, we're going to podcast because there's no reason. I have no excuse now. I'm not traveling. I'm not going anywhere. So, you know, we're going to plan on doing this Thursday and probably releasing them on Friday. And that's the way it's going to go. So following that, I'm not going to ask everybody what they're going to be up to. Because <laughs> it's going to be a whole lot of this. <laughs> a whole lot of this. But, but we will talk about everybody's project when, uh, when the time comes. Um, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we're going to put it up in the front and we're going to have some great guests. Um, I've got some really good guests uh, that I, I'm lining up for the next podcast. And, uh, and Rich, you're going to always be, the door is open. If you want to join us, you are always welcome. Thank to join you. Us. Thank you, you so much. You bring a really great perspective, you know, and so I think it's, it'd be really great. So um, before we go, anybody have any last things they want to say? Stay safe and stay healthy. And stay six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I, got, I do. A, I have to say this. We all know this. Everybody spread as much love as you can to everybody else and spread as much kindness and patience and and cooperation with everyone, because we all everybody on this planet are in this together. All right. For myself and all the guys, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time. See you, Joanne. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Wireworld Pro Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez and features a panel with Rob Arbutier, Bobby Osinski, Scott Gershon, Nick Peck, Diego Stucco, Brandon Birdside, Martin Page, Bobby Summerfield, and maybe a guest or two. We'll see you next time.